Flawcast episode 126, Guideless Stones. Instinctively, I'm tempted to defend the Georgia Guidestones and point out what a far more common interpretation is that they are directions for rebuilding society after an apocalypse. John Oliver. Flawcast. Get in the arena. Hello, Flawcast Nation, Flawcast listeners, everybody, uh, home and abroad, want to thank you for tuning into another uh, interesting, I'll say, episode of Flawcast. As always, my main man, Mr. Carl Tuckerson, is to my right. Carl, how are you doing this morning? Uh, Mr. William, I'm doing fine. I'd like to say good morning to you and good morning to the world-renowned listeners of this great podcast. World-renowned listeners. That's good. I like that. Appreciate See, it. You group of uh, geniuses and scallywags are world-renowned. So Yeah, we've escalated uh, there we our, go. our reach. There we go. Awesome. I like it. So once again, welcome. Thank you all for tuning in. Please subscribe. Please share. We're everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Flawcast, Flawcast CLE. Uh, we're on Google Play, Spotify, Apple. Breaker, um, a couple other podcast platforms. Uh, you can find us on Rumble under Flawed Inc. We're sort of on YouTube. I upload the videos there. They get shadow banned. If you're subscribed or find them, awesome. I wouldn't waste too much time doing that. Uh, you can find us, though, on the Project Mockingbird social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are on Gab. We're on Getter. Doing well on Getter, actually. Got a bunch of new followers this week, so anybody finding us there, listening, thank you. Uh, and we are on Parlor under Flawed Inc. You can get a copy of my book. The link is below. Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual. And I uh, just finished the first leg of my new book. I'm not going to reveal just yet uh, the details of what it is, but I'm now deep in the throes of the second portion. I'm excited getting back into that writing uh, vibe, I guess you could say. So it's uh, it's it's good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but purse strings, they are getting tight. And I want to really sew into people. And our email is flawedinccle at gmail.com. Uh, if you want a copy, can't afford one, send us an email. Just ask. I'll be more than happy to send you a PDF version on the house. Also, if you have anything you'd like us to discuss, any questions, uh, anything of that nature, send it to us there. But we are now approaching Carl's second favorite time of the episode where we do the Pledge of Allegiance. Take it away, Carl. Sure. Everyone take your right hand, place it over your left heart, repeat after us. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. So this is a very this is going to be a very conversational episode. We have discussed this previously in several other episodes. Uh, anybody who's listened to us for any time, you probably remember uh, we kind of did a deep dive probably about a year ago. And I do believe Carl was maybe a part of those conversations. I'm not sure. But uh, just this week, the uh, Georgia Guidestones had uh, a couple interesting things happen to them. And, uh, you know, they're a hot bed of conspiracy theory and uh, just this enigmatic presence that's been in Georgia since uh, for like 30, 40 years now. And we're going to get into a little bit of that. I got an article here from um, Newsweek. I was actually hoping Carl could maybe read a little bit of that to, to help me out a bit. But uh, I've had so many people reach out to me this week and ask me, what are the, well, what were, I should say, the Georgia yeah. Guidestones? 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, what, what is that implication? What does that mean to you? Uh, what should I think about it? And a lot of people never heard of these before. And uh, you know, for you know, in the circles, I would say that maybe we've run. It, there's these are kind of a commonplace thing, and people talk about them and refer to them a lot. So, uh, before all record of their existence is completely wiped away, which there are some things that happened this week, I think. Uh, that could be a possibility. want to kind of just run through it real quick. This isn't going to be a deep dive like we've done in the past. We're just going to touch base, maybe share some of our thoughts, have a little bit of scripture that we're going to share with you, and then um, just have a discussion. So, Carl. Yes, sir. If you wouldn't mind. I do not. I have an article titled, What Did the Georgia Guystone Say? Mysterious Words on Blown Up Document, written by a gentleman named Jack Dutton on July 7th uh, in Newsweek magazine. And if you could just read it, this is just a brief summary, and then it actually has what the Guidestones were. We can just, you know, if you could just read that and kind of go over it, and we'll come back and talk. It begins like this. The Georgia Guidestones, a 19-foot mysterious granite monument in the Peach State was demolished on Thursday for safety reasons after being damaged in a blast. An explosion in around 4 a.m. on Thursday reduced one of the stones in Albert County to rubble. CCTV showed a silver sedan leaving the scene after the explosion, and the police are investigating. No motive has been identified, and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation has said unknown individuals caused the vandalism. <laughs> the guidestones have The, the vandalism. You, you normally, when I hear that word, I think of like spray painting or tagging something, but I, I guess blowing up is I a form of vandalism. I think this is the same reporter that was on television saying that there were peaceful demonstrations while the buildings were burning behind him. <laughs> yeah, okay. This guy really gets around. Yeah, this, that, that, this they rang, rung a bell when I first read this article. So there was a slight bit of vandalism, you know, with that massive explosion. The Guidestones had a set of 10 principles engraved on them in eight different languages, including Arabic, English, Hebrew, Hindu, Russian, Spanish, Swahili, and traditional Chinese. The principles are maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity, unite humanity with a living new language, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts, Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on earth. Leave room for nature. It says leave room for nature again. That's yes, it says it twice. Correct. Oh, well, it said it twice. It did say it on purpose twice. Affirmative. Okay. I mm-hmm. guess they really love nature. You need to leave room for nature, Carl. Twice. D- the you guide need stone- to double your efforts in leaving room for nature. <laughs> the guide stones were erected on March 22nd, 1980, but who put them up remains a mystery, making the area one of 
ongoing interest for conspiracy theorists. Despite being much newer, the Guidestones resemble the famous British monument, Stonehenge, and many have compared the two. Stonehenge in southwest England was built in the Neolithic period some 5,000 years ago. The Georgia Monument was first revealed to a crowd of around 100 people. A local pastor who was in the crowd said he believed that the stones were built for cult and devil worship due to their similar appearance to Stonehenge. The Albert County Chamber of Commerce says on its website that the structure was funded by an anonymous small group of loyal Americans who believe in God, who lived outside of Georgia. Okay. So, so to answer all the people that have been asking me what they are, in a nutshell, there you go. In a, in a quick five-minute read, there you go. Now, this is a hotbed for conspiracy theories. I have, I have some theories of my own. Um, in, in any kind of research that you do, uh, you know, this was built in 1980, so this, this mine was 42 years old and a little over 42 years old. And a lot of people believe that Ted Turner was who uh, TNT, TBS, Turner Classic Entertainment, so on and so forth, uh, who is a globalist. This isn't speculation. Uh, this is uh, a fact. Uh, had a large hand in uh, buying and preparing and, you know, erecting these mo this monument, uh, to quote the, the article. The interesting thing for me is what these 10 things, these 10... You know, I've heard people. I just word. I've heard people say these satanic Ten Commandments. Uh, they sound really subversive. We we can go and revisit them and just kind of explain my purview. I think on some of them, but um, the fact that this was blown up, someone detonated some sort of a bomb explosive device. Then later that day, they were completely destroyed. So how how they were? There was four different things. There was a stone on top kind of connecting them, and one of them was destroyed. The other three had limited damage, but they were still in place. It probably could have made a new stone and then replace and finish, uh, fix it if they wanted to, but they completely destroyed it, which to me just kind of adds to the you know, esoteric quality that these things, you know, possess. I don't really know anything about Stonehenge other than the Spinal Tap song. I, I know that uh, people believe there was juretic and cultic practices or some sort of evil nature. What I can tell you is that as I've been kind of listening and revisiting what I knew about the guy's stones and kind of being refreshed, uh, a lot of people that have visited that site, that site there said that they felt pure, like, satanic energy and what's written on here if we can kind of visit that and go through that sure it, it um i don't know if you have any thoughts or anything you'd like to say before we kind of move into that but a lot of these things are just really purposely written and intended for something but subversively kind of incognito put into a language that if you're not really paying attention like oh that's good live in nature you know live live one with nature oh that sounds good but even starting with the first one where it says maintain humanity under 500 million and perpetual balance with nature um you know there's approximately 7.5 billion people on the earth if you were to reduce that to 500 million that's a 90 percent reduction rate which kind of goes in line with a lot of things we talked about. I have a, a question. Sure. That, that's true. But do you off the top of your head, or would you just be stabbing in the dark, do you know what the population of the world was 
estimated to be in the year 1980. I do not. I was just wondering if when this was put up, um, if that was the moment that that number was like decided or, you know, secretly have they been shooting for 500 million for many, many, many years before 1980, but they finally just you know, carved it in the stone. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. where did this number originate? When did it originate? Um, what was the population at that time? Because I can't believe that the night before this stuff was put up, they just came up with this number that night. But I'm still wondering what the population was when they chose to reveal publicly that this was a goal number. You, do you know what I mean? Well, ac according to a very quick Google search, so I've not really had time to vet it, okay. but the first thing, I, what I just typed in as you're talking is, what was the Earth's population in 1980? Okay. And according to Google, the first thing that came up, it says the Earth's population was 4.433 billion. Okay. So, in essence, in 1980... We have close to doubled the population of the Earth yeah, was, with over censuses being as accurate as they can be and whatever, right? Right. So um, I would have to say that at the time that this number was put into existence, when, this, when these people came up with it, it had to be quite a long period before they put it in the stone in 1980. You would think I, I would I would think so. Right. Which, right. Because this was one of the moments of, as they say, coming out of the dark mm -hmm. where they put this here and they let it be known proudly and arrogantly, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so no matter when this thought happened and no matter how many people were on the earth at the time that this was solidified and, and concluded that this is the amount of people we want on the earth. We're still talking about to achieve this number. They were way, way beyond this number. Yeah, way beyond it. Yeah, easily. Okay. Yeah, by by at least four billion. Exactly. Yeah, that should be horrifying to people. And, and even if you're just a casual reader and think, "Wow, that's they they want to they want to murder off seven billion people." It, yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that, if you look at it right now, yeah. you know, or even back then. Wow, you want to murder over four hundred. Or four billion people. I mean, that that that's a and lot. And they use the word maintain instead of murder the rest of society except 500 million. Right. It's funny how they put maintain. Because it's that subversiveness, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, you know, if we were to say, you know, kill off at that time f over four billion people, that might be a little more jarring. It's but, a little more offensive to right. certain people to know that that's what they're endorsing. But maintaining well, is even if the number that day. Mm -hmm. was 500 million. Yeah. That would mean that going forward will allow, will give you like a permit. You know how like the government gives you a permit for everything? We're going right. to get, we're going to hand out permits for the elite, the royals, and of course the American politicians right. to have their children, but we can't let it go beyond 500 million. So no matter what you look at, it's, Still, 
evil, no matter how you slice it. Not only is it talking about this eugenics, which is, you know, we talk about mm -hmm. a lot also, but the next one, guide reproductive wisely, improving fitness and diversity. So we maintain our yards. We yeah. mow our yards. Our we, bodies, <laughs> our yards. <laughs> right. So the, the essence here, just in those first two, what they're saying is, we are going to regulate what amount of people are allowed to populate the earth. And how are we going to do this? Well, first, we're going to kill off, you know, on mm -hmm. this point, 7 billion. But then at that point, once things kind of settle, they're going to, I'm going to use that word again, maintain that number through, uh, through guiding, through guiding. Yeah, we're going to guide it. Exactly. Uh, the thing that it's also kind of weird if you think about it through fitness which, hey, listen, I don't know anybody that doesn't need to get more physically fit. And diversity. Fitness and diversity. What I, I don't understand. This understand. being said, in the most obese country in the entire world, right. they're, they're shooting for fitness while at the same time peddling out free donuts to go take the jab. Right. Well, and, but the thing that strikes me as odd is diversity. When, when you listen to modern verbiage and modern language, diversity means you can identify as whatever the hell you want to. Exactly. You can be a cat if you want. So the, the, the idea of fitness and diversity while they're going to guide reproductive processes, it, it just – what the hell does that mean? There is nothing good that can come out of that, though. It just it, – it, it, it's just so nefarious. You know, um, well, the word guide reproduction wisely is in direct contrast to what the Bible says. The Bible says that I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Exactly. I knew you at the time of conception. I had a plan for you. I shaped you. I formed you. I've walked into your future. I know who you are for each living human being on this planet. And this second commandment says we're going to guide reproduction. Right. So it seems like every single thing that they do is subversively in direct contradiction to who God is, from my perspective. And, and not only that, but you can already see, just in the two, and we're going to get to the third one here in a second, are, or are these steps towards this already not in place, would you say? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Maintaining yeah. humanity is nothing more than legalizing abortion. Right. So, I mean, because whether you support it or not, whether you're for it or not, the reality is that the act of um, the process of abortion is eliminating a potential life. Yeah. So they are maintaining humanity through that process. Well, not only that, but you, how, another way of maintaining humanity is if you can fool people into uh, not being what they were created as, meaning sure. we're men, but if we say we're women, you are stopping the reproductive process sure. because in order and this isn't you know i'm not a biologist but this is basic biology in order for life to recreate and it, it, certainly in mammals but in, in most predominant species of uh, animal life and the planet you need to have a male and a female sure people now believing that they are something that they're not is a way to quote-unquote guide the masses to stop mass sure. reproduction they're trying to eliminate the natural process of human life so that they can take control to produce humanity in laboratories and that way sure. they can produce not real humans if you don't have a man and a woman on earth and all you have are women and all you have are men you're going to have to figure out a way somehow to create life right. and that is part of maintaining and guiding exactly. so it's very simple to see that they're publicly saying 
that this is what we're going to do, and now they're doing it publicly. Yes. <laughs> well, the next one, to me, harkens back to the yeah. um, Tower of Babel, where it says, unite humanity with a living new language. That's correct. You know, the Tower of Babel, for those who don't know, where in Genesis 11, basically all the humanity came together under the leadership of a gentleman, and I'm not making this up, his name was Nimrod. Correct. <laughs> it is true. Yes. And they basically decided, hey, we're going to build a, a tower to heaven, and we will be like gods. Correct. So God saw that, and at the time, the, the verse in, in Genesis 11, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, that haunt me as you read that, where the Godhead said, when they are united, there is nothing that they can't accomplish. That is true. And that's when God intervened and basically destroyed the tower and scattered all the people and created, and created lang- new languages. Language barriers, correct. Exactly. Um, and nim- so, you know, when you call someone a Nimrod now, that's where that pretext or where that originated from. But to me, this talks about that Antichrist system because as we know, moving forward in these times we're seeing prophecy fulfilled, that there's going to be a complete unification governmentally, monetarily, uh, in regards to health-wise, militarily, and, and I believe even moving towards a world where there is a unification under that language. So to me, this just kind of you know perpetuates that. Correct. Uh, rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Uh, I mean, to me, that's just a contradiction because faith defies reason. Just it just if you look at that alone. So it, uh, to me, uh, you know, passion, uh, um, you know, tradition, but. To me, what I take is the challenge of faith because faith just defies logic. It defies reason. And to me, that just, once again, subversively says, hey, we're going to allow logic to be our God. True. And I look at it also as passion tempered is not passion. This is true. It, It doesn't exist. Yeah. Because passion is very powerful. And when you try and temper passion, you no longer have passion. So they're trying to remove passion. They're trying to remove faith. And obviously, they're trying to remove tradition. I mean, all three of these I see as happening even as we speak on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So Why don't you take the next one or next two? Sure. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. First of all, laws don't protect people. It's just that simple because laws are put in place so there's consequences for your actions. They don't stop somebody from taking an action. So, again, with laws, they have to be willingly obeyed. Uh, I'll give you an example. Illinois has the toughest, most stringent gun laws out of all of our states. So the laws are put in place. But, unfortunately, the gun has no evil in it. The gun has no good in it. In it, the gun is an inanimate object with no life, no ability, no free will. When you squeeze the trigger, it goes off. So create more laws, create more laws, and let's deny the evil that the human has in their hand to take this object and take life. And I'm going to give you an example. I read an article the other day of somebody that I believe was going to shoot in a Walmart, and I do not know what place, and actually they did. I don't remember if they killed anybody, but here's the story. They took a gun that has no life and it has no ability. And because of the evil that were in their heart, they were going to kill innocent victims. But what they didn't know was that there was a woman who was legally able to carry a gun. And the woman took the same object. The object was a gun. And because of the purity within her heart 
and the good and righteousness within her heart. She didn't open up on innocent victims. She chose to take a shot at a man who had evil in his heart and disobeyed the laws and was going to kill innocent people. This woman took the same object and she fired a shot and this man went down and no innocent victims were killed. Now, was the gun that that woman used to save lives a hero? Was the gun that that woman used to save lives righteous? Was the gun that that woman used to save the lives of the innocent any different than the gun that was in the hand of the evil man that was going to kill innocent people? Where is logic in a society that says that the problem is the gun and the problem is we don't have enough laws? Where's the logic that stops you from saying, wait a minute, the gun doesn't think, the gun doesn't act. The gun has no life. The gun has no evil or good. It falls into the hands of the heart of the person that has good in them. But you'll never, ever hear these lawmakers talk about the evil in society. In fact, if you do hear them make reference, it's Christians. It's white males. They're the problem. They're the evil. <laughs> so much. to me, when I see this stuff that somehow law is going to protect people, the more laws that you have, the more lawlessness that you have. I would say that in addition, even if you just look at the Bill of Rights in America, first 10 amendments, really, they're not laws. They are rights the Almighty has given us that are just the foundation of our, at least our country that are protected. We are endued by our creator with these rights they're self-evident as uh the the writer of that document said well thank you you're absolutely right mr william shall i continue please let all nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court whoa once again to me that that speaks of that that antichrist system because you have you know and even in the book of revelation it talks about 10 and i'm paraphrasing but 10 different um, horns, but countries, if you will, um, that are part of the same head. It's 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 a large. It, it's more to unpack than that. But the large, larger point being is that these are independent nations, but they rule as one. That that unification to me goes back to that Tower of Babel and so on and so forth. Next, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Boy, did they just put the X on their self when they said useless officials. <laughs> they didn't know what they were saying to guys like us. But when I look at avoiding useless officials, immediately I say, I haven't supported one thing as of yet that this is said, but I'm going to wrap my arms around this avoid useless officials. <laughs> and in fact... If I were the one that was authoring this, I would actually add useless and then the word government officials. But I am just saying, gotcha. Mr. William. I, I mean, I think this is a, all purview. Like, what's a petty law? If I if I own something and someone steals it and I'm out of whatever that is, that might be petty to you. But it might be of great significance to me. These are all conjecture and these are all opinion based, which is fine. You're entitled to your opinion, however. And when it comes to fairness and laws and justice, which should be taken example of by how the Almighty has put the principles of the physical world into being, that is where justice and uh, fairness should be dictated from. Sure. I, I think everything, especially that, uh, just is in contradiction to that. Here, you're going to love this one. Balance 
personal rights with social duties. Boom. Social duties. Well, to me, that's Orwellian double talk. It very well is. Those two things cannot coexist. Well, we just came out of a period of time where your social duty was to not be with your wife in a nursing home. Or violated my personal right. 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 We, we, you know, the the quote-unquote social duty was to take these vaccines, which, sorry to tell everybody, but everything that we predicted and have talked about have come to pass. People are dying. Uh, People are being uh, injured. Irrevocable, irreversible damage. Damages are now being attributed to these jabs, but that was the social duty. Sure. But the personal right, where gentlemen like you and I are constrained, is that my personal right is I, my body, my choice. I don't want that junk. I don't want that poison. <laughs> well, but so, so it's right. a, yeah, so it's a contradiction, and this is just a, a recent example, and people could disagree. I think it was a typo anyway. I think that the word balance personal rights really meant remove personal rights. Well, Honestly, I think that well, that, like maintaining, guiding, yeah. Right. yeah. So but yeah, I, I agree. you you remove a personal right because of what your social duty, and who dictates that social duty? It's the government. The government will tell you what your social duty. Right. Well, and, and that's and that's why I don't get on with this these social justice warrior campaigns because who is to say what is social justice? If it goes in defiance of the order that the Almighty has put into place, well, absolutely there is injustice. However, not wanting to go along with mentally insane ideologies, considering those to be the norm of the day. While logic and reason and what's dictated in the Holy Scriptures is considered the opposite. I just you have a hard time with balancing those things. Correct. The next one is prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. The final one is be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Like I said and previously, the Orwell referred to it as double talk, double think. Um, you know, a lot of what they're saying now, anybody who's read the book Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, you can see uh, who Aldous Huxley's brother, Julian Huxley, was the founder of uh, the modern eugenics movement, uh, one of the founders, I should say. But what I get from this is sterilized, humanless, godless governance of a species. It's literally, and this is why I refer back to Brave New World, it's literally like these overlords are going to treat the remaining individuals left in humanity as animals you can go and visit at a zoo. Yes. You know, um, bring the orangutan out and let them do a little dance and throw them a banana. And, you a know. more morbid picture would be like this. Inmates that you could go visit in a prison. That's a picture that I see. Or... Science experiments that you could go watch be tortured in a lab. I mean, it's like any way you look at it, it's a controlled species by a godlike mentality. Yeah. Um, I just want to say this. Like, I, I believe I can speak for Carl. I don't know that he and I would endorse anyone vandalizing um, public property, especially with explosive devices. However, I want to share the verse that came to me as I was thinking about this. Uh, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 6 from the New International Version. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive 
every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And the whole idea of demolishing uh, strongholds, demolishing arguments, I think obviously if you, you know, th this thing was leveled with a bomb, so the whole idea of uh, explosive device, excuse me, um, you know, the whole idea of demolishing certainly does come to mind. But I think more important than that, what these 10 things said are very much nomenclature now. They really don't make a lot of sense. You know, you can read the Ten Commandments, you know, thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Uh, you know, thou shalt not steal. Like, that's, you know, hey, don't steal. Don't murder people. Don't, uh, you know, so on and so forth. They make sense once you dig into them and, exp and, and kind of look at it. It's not just surface level. But the, this whole idea of what these are trying to promote is in practice, in place. And now, by, like I said, by and large, a lot of the cultural nomenclature, people have asked me if I think it's a good thing or it's not. I, I, I think what's good that's coming out of it is that more and more people, People are learning about this and the absurdity, but uh, I would say what benefit will come out of this? Will, will knowledge uh, come out of this that will allow people to pivot and embrace what the Almighty has wanted and established in the universe since he created it? Or is it going to make people just kind of be blase blah and say, well, whatever, the, whatever, that was crazy, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it could, you know, it could also open the door for a new revised or a newer monument or whatever. I mean, here's where I am. I don't believe anything that I hear. Nothing. Zero. I believe about 6% of what I see. So we're at a point where, right now where I don't know who did this. I don't know if it's somebody that would want it done. Or somebody that deep down didn't want it done, but they saw a, gro a greater good. I don't know what the narrative is going to be, the story. All I know is this. I know that the devil himself is incapable of any truth. There's no truth in him, according to scripture. So I know that, for example, the media, as a, as a close to whole, very, very few are not that I'm getting ready to make reference to, but... They are soap opera actors and actresses. They are given a universal script, a universal theme with key words, and they read their script like a soap opera, like a character. So we're going to hear a lot. We're going to see a lot. And it's not going to move me or convince me either way because I just realize where we are right now. And I just take all of that with a grain of salt. So I don't know who did this and nobody really does other than the people that were involved in it. I don't know if it was someone that did it for good or future coming bad. Future, yeah, it could be a false flag. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know. We have no idea. We know that, you know, they were there and at like 4 a.m. They were uh, blown up. But, you know, there's a lot of fertilizer plants that have been burned up at 4 a.m. There's a lot of uh, uh, food processing plants that have been burned up at 4 a.m. and exploded. <laughs> so I don't know. I have no idea where this is going. I mean, I guess it's to be continued. But now they're gone. And there's going to be an outcry of people that loved that and worshipped it. And we may get to see a newer... Um, more revised, minimally revised or more expanded. I don't know. Mm -hmm. We'll just, there's, there's more to come. Well, that, that is to be sure. So, uh, yeah, I think good, 
good take. Uh, I just, like I said, I think it was important because that so many people ask me what I think, what are these things that should basically address it. You can detect your own opinion. Sure, uh, sure. I, respectfully, I don't care. Me either. Um, you know, and I, I don't even really care about my opinion. And that, well, and I'm I don't just either. being honest about that with anybody that will say, well, what's your opinion? I don't trust myself on what I think. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. No, I just. The only thing that I have confidence in is what I know. Right. Well, it, I, not, well, what do I think? I mean, my God, my mind is all over the board half the time. But there are certain things inside me that are absolute truth. Those are the things I trust. Mm-hmm. But you don't want my opinion about something. You want the truth about right. something, right? I, I would say have the forethought and yeah. exercise the idea of cognitive thinking to develop your own Do opinion. Do you want to know how many times my opinion wasn't right? A, a lot. A lot. But <laughs> you want to know how many times what I knew inside to be the truth was right? Every single time. And I think that's a great place to kind of put a period on this one, put this episode to bed. I want to thank you all again for listening. If you liked it, share, please subscribe. Uh, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, Flawcast, Flawcast, C-L-E. Uh, we're on Google, Spotify, Breaker, Apple. Uh, once again, Flawcast CLE. We're on Rumble, sort of on YouTube under Flawed Inc. You can find us on a Project Mockingbird social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on Gab. We're on Getter. We're on Parlor. All under Flawed Inc. Send us a message. Make sure you follow. Try to put some daily hilarities and memes and all that kind of stuff, and you can reach us there also. Uh, link for my book is below. Smith's Art of Man Repair Manual. Celebrating the one-year anniversary of that. Also, if you uh, would like a copy, just can't afford it, send me an email at Flawed Inc. C-L-E at gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to email you the PDF on the house. And if you have any questions, concerns, any topics you'd like us to discuss, we'd be more than happy to uh, at that email address. So with that being said, um, yeah, have, uh, have a good weekend.